Welcome to the Lions Paw Podcast, a podcast for the people, a voice for the times, learn and grow through the perspectives of real people, covering topics from philosophy to activism, personal development to community engagement, and more. Words sound power. All right. Greetings to the world. This is Dawi Chiflamarm and Jack Greenberg coming to you for the second episode of the Lion Paw Podcast. And today's episode, our topic will be the individual and the collective, community growth and cultural progress. Good evening, Jack. How you doing? We'd like to kind of start our podcast off with a nice check-in with each other. So how you doing today, Jack? Yeah, man, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, I love this idea um, of where you know, community meets the individual and how do you how do you balance both, how do you wrestle with both, how do both interact with each other. So I'm really excited about this uh this episode and uh I'm feeling good today. How about yourself? Yeah man, I'm feeling hopeful and bright, you know, I'm feeling good today. Um I'm also excited to kind of, you know, unpack this subject a little more because I think that, you know, we have a culture of individualism in America and kind of other capitalist societies and, 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 and groups of people, but we need to maybe perhaps have a different perspective of how we look at the individual because it's like the individual must have that individual space to cultivate themselves so they can bring greater value to the collective and vice versa, you know? So, yeah, man, I'm excited. So how about you, uh, you kick us off with the opening questions? Great, man. So... Today we are going to be exploring this intersection, um, you know, how do we create community in a world driven by individual entrepreneurship? Um, and so I just want to start off by asking you, what makes something community-driven? I believe that what makes something community-driven is when it is it's organized by the people of the community um, the voice is represented by the people of the community. You know, it really has the people and their their day-to-life struggles and challenges at the core of um, of that community. You know, I think a lot of the time there tends to be, like, community aid and community help and organizations that seek to help community, but, you know, they they don't really end up helping. You know, there's a saying that's like, if if you if you teach a person if you, you if you fish for a person for a day you can feed them just for that day but if you teach them how to fish you can feed them forever you know so I think that community at the core of community is people you know and connect, mm. and building connections more connections. Mm. That's that's great. I love that. It's it's like uh, greater than the sum of its parts and and you mm. bring up a, a great point about how. Uh, you know, oftentimes, especially in aid work and, and people trying or at least attempting to seem like they are trying to help the community, uh, there's this kind of prescriptive idea of, here, I've come up with the right way to do things, and I'm going to come into your community as an outsider, and I'm going to tell you how to live your life and what you need to do. Um, and so I, I like that idea of, you know, something being community-driven means that it starts with the people and it starts with their, you know, bringing together, uh, you know, from the from the from the ground level, who who is really being affected by this, bringing those people into the conversation, 
is, I think, a, a really important piece that is often missing in things like aid work. Um, and so, yeah, I love that idea. Um, so I just want to ask you then, uh, you know, the opposite of that is kind of this idea of individual entrepreneurship uh, and, you know, making your way in the world on your own. You know, picking yourself up by your bootstraps is a, a term that we're often heard. Um, so I just want to, you know, get your perspective. Where does the idea of individual entrepreneurship come from? You know, um, that's a very good question. The genesis of where individual individual entrepreneurship comes from, um, there's something about, I feel like, American culture, American society, just because I feel like that that concept is so prevalent right now, especially in the States and what kind of the States represents for like this super powerhouse country that can get anything done, you know. Um, I feel like how it might, it might stem from that kind of idea and culture, but it's also somewhat saying that is somewhat also a contradiction because any individual entrepreneur, any entrepreneur knows that he or she is going to require a team and a group of people to be able to get a, an idea across, a project across, to get a business started. So, you know, I think somewhere along the lines of doing stuff for yourself, um, something got lost in, in the fact that, you know, you're going to need other people to kind of really help you get, you know, where you want to get to. So I think that, you know, um, it, it does – it does a disservice to the whole concept of entrepreneurship if we don't, you know, inject the idea of community and team collaboration and partnership, you know? And I think that any successful entrepreneur, you know, who takes the individual out of himself knows that, you know, it's, it's about, it's not even about that person. It's about the idea that he represents and knowing that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a network of people who believe in the same thing to get, to get this, you know, to get whatever objective is required to get done. Mm, I love that. And uh, it reminds me of a quote that you often tell me, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that that really applies to, you know, this critique of individual entrepreneurship um, but if I had to, you know, to to posture where perhaps individual entrepreneurship as a concept came from, um, mm. you know, I think that it's it's deeply ingrained in a lot of our our psyches and a lot of our minds. Um, so it's been around for a long time. It's not necessarily a new concept. Um, but I also don't think it was the original concept. I think in order to survive, I think we had to be like this collective. We had this ingrained in us from the beginning that you know, we have to work together. We aren't individuals because we're not going to survive that way. And so I think somewhere along the lines where we stopped needing each other to just exist, to continue living, uh, to, con to continue being a, a society, we can, you know, go do things on our own now, live this kind of individual life. We've, we've gained these quote-unquote freedoms to do that, um, I think that is, is where we kind of have broke off in, in, in some direction uh, that kind of gives this illusion that, uh, you know, we do things on our own and it's by our own merit uh, that we make our way in the world. Because like you're saying, you know, we can't really actually 
extract our individual selves from that collective because everything that we do individually is, uh, you know, both affects and is affected by the collective, uh, you know, consciousness. So I think that that is a really important concept that even though we have the idea of individual entrepreneurship, it's kind of an illusory uh, concept because, you know, it can't really ever exist because we don't live by ourselves in isolation for the most part. We don't live in a vacuum, as they say. So uh, we can't really extract this individual and say this is what that is because it's really it's only in relation to the group that we can really, you know, do anything. Yes, brother. And I would just like to add something there that I think that um, just to add on to what you were saying, that kind of moving around as a human being with the idea and the concept of individuality kind of, it, 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 it brings harm to, to your relationships. It brings harms to the communities that you're a part of because, you can never kind of see the fullness of your connection to other people because you're always trying to see, like, where where it's in it for you and, like, you know what I mean? But I also think it's important to, to find that balance between people. And maybe this is where people get confused. They might be, you know, leaning towards this individualistic kind of, like, mind frame and mindset because, like, that's what society pushes. But I'm totally for, like, the cultivation of, like, the individual you know, I think that before we can also become interdependent people, um, we have to first develop that inner self-responsibility. You know what I mean? And, like, the more you'll be able to do for yourself, the more you'll be able to do for people around you. So I think maybe that can be that space where people can start to, you know, understand more about how to navigate the individual and the personal and how to make use of that of that personal time, you know? So once you start connecting with your fellow brothers and sisters that, you know, you're, you're full of that life that you need to make the most out of your, your human experience, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I think that this is another one of those false dichotomies, this idea that they have to be separated, that it has to be either or, you know, it's either you're an individual or you're part of the collective. And I think that, uh, both are extremely necessary, and I don't really think that you can separate the two. Uh, and so that does lead me into my next question, which is how can we, you know, what can we do to bridge the gap in people's minds between the collective and the individual? How do we move from this either-or relationship to a both-and? You know, I think that, especially within, like, the context of where we are now with AI. I feel like AI is something that is bringing people together, but at the same time, because of uh, because of a lack of an ability to really monitor, you know, people's usage of, you know, their phones, their, their technology, people spend less time, you know, engaging in community activities, even even just, like, being at home with their families and, like, having dinner together or you know, like not being at, uh, at, a, at a dining table with somebody and being on your phone or constantly at this place, you know what I mean, where you're, you're looking left and right and elsewhere um, for your focus and your attention to be. And I remember there's um, Stephen Hawking talked about this, uh, this idea of singularity when, like, the world will be basically governed by artificial intelligence. 
And I remember I was having this conversation with some friends, and they brought up this idea, and I was like, yo, it's already happening, you know? And then after, my friend was like, what do you mean it's already happening? And then he started, like, looking at his phone, and then my other friend started looking at his phone, and then everybody was looking at their phone, and I was mm. like, like, <laughs> that's what it is right there, you know? Like, your, your phone is that artificial intelligence where, you know, you use more than you really need to, you know? So mm. I think that's a serious thing to look at because it's something that we – we affects us on a on a literal like day to day interactions with people, you know, and questioning, you know, really when we need it and don't need it. And I think that that's extremely important right now because it's like it gives it's almost like a a dopamine overload or like a sensory overload when you can just tap on anything on your phone and some flashy comes up and bops up, you know what I mean, and grabs all your attention and we start to kind of lose that ability to communicate and have our social skills. And without the social skills, you know, then it's going to be hard for people to communicate with one another, you know, because I think that everybody somewhat, everybody has like their, they have their mission, they have their calling, like they have certain things about them that, you know, like they, they, they know that they should be up to that kind of work and that it should be connecting with other people through it. So I think it's just about allowing people to cultivate their own skills so they can network and connect with the people that they need to connect with. You know what I mean? So it's a personal responsibility thing too. You know, I think maybe the educational system and schools could play a role into maybe introducing like meditation, um, you know, and just urban gardening, other outdoor activities, just, you know, stuff to get people off of their devices when they shouldn't be on, you know? Yeah, man. I, I, I think that that's a really interesting point uh especially in the current time that we're living in uh of physical isolation and distance uh from people that um that kind of uh that challenge is even more difficult to try and bring people together and, and to reintroduce a sense of community uh to people and i think that it is more important than ever because of that because i i do think that one of the, the key ingredients to to kind of solving this disconnect uh, is to reintroduce community into people's lives, to show them how, just how close uh, and interconnected we are um, is, is extremely important. Um, and so I think that that is a huge part of it. And I also agree with you about this idea of individual uh, responsibility and, and individual um, in, you know, improvement and engagement, I think is, is really important because I think a lot of, people fear that if I buy into the collective that I am somehow losing my some part of my individual sense of self. And mm. I, I think that by promoting it to show that you actually, we you know, the collective wants the individual to improve individually is an important thing for people to understand. But it's not like, you know, we're saying – hey, you need to give up all your individual rights and your freedoms and your creativity and your sense of self-expression. Uh, to Everyone needs to be the same, act the same, dress the same, look the same, think the same. It's saying, no, we want everybody to think differently. We want diversity. Um, we want to just include people because everybody's truth, while it is your truth, it is in your truth in relation to other people. And so you have to live your truth for it, itself, but it's also that truth is to be lived in harmony with 
the other truths of the world, you know, other people. And so I think that, you know, those two things, you know, getting people connected to each other, just like basic physical connections or emotional connections uh, to really drive home the point that it's bigger than us and that to also uh, to bring it back to the individual and still say, no, we still want you to focus on you. We just want you to understand how you fit into the bigger context. Uh, I think that those two are kind of ways that we can bridge that gap um, and to challenge that uh, either or um, idea. Mm. Uh, so, I guess, um, yeah, I would like to like to hear some of your thoughts on that. And then I do have one more question. Um, but, yeah, I would love to hear what you think of first. Um, you know, in, in terms of that topic, one thing that came to my mind was, you know, communities that have opposition with one another. And how does how does one go about navigating that? How does one go about, you know, dealing with one community that may not agree or like one community's another community's way of living that would go so far out of their way to go annihilate them? Mm. And we see examples of that today. You know what I mean? People who feel so strongly towards their community, their circle, the people they identify with and that they can't even to fathom the idea of, uh, of another community, you know? But I feel mm. like, that, you know, I feel like that just has, that, that somehow that somehow now turns back to the individual, I think, and that makes that connection between community and individual where the individual has to really reassess what their values are, what their principles are, you know what I mean? And also recognize every other human being has that same opportunity and right to live and express themselves, you know, as long as, as long as we can find that happy medium. So I feel like that's something I'm also thinking about, like how can, how can opposing um, communities find happy mediums within each other? Because that's where a lot of the problems and the turmoil of the world exist, where, you know, certain communities who have certain agendas for themselves, like it becomes, I, I think sometimes that's scary because now it's like even communities, Communities can get the whole the whole root vibration of a community being there for the people and about the people can somehow also get used. I feel like in politic in political rhetoric and conversations to like control and use people. So somehow we have to also like find a way to like manage community, like navigate community, so that it doesn't it doesn't become something of what it's not. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's a great point um, because I think, to me, uh, it's not just individuals who can act individualistic. It's also communities can act individualistic, too. Uh, and, you know, this kind of tribalism or nationalism comes out when uh, communities, you know, small groups of people, not the entire world, but small groups of people or, you know, small in the sense of, you know, you can be an entire country and, and be small, but small groups of people come together with an understanding of their collective individual identity is more important than the greater community of the world. And so it is kind of, you know, we do need to not just challenge this at the individual level and, and try to, you know, to get each person on board individually. We also have to look at 
these communities that are doing this, uh, you know, these white nationalists, these, you know, groups that are, are coming together um, and trying to destroy other aspects of, you know, the greater community and to try and show those people that, hey, you are a part of this bigger picture and to get them to get them to see it because what they're doing is hurting themselves because they are part of this greater community. And so it's kind of this rhetoric of if you invest in the greater community, you're actually investing in yourself too. Um, and to try and get people to see that I think is really important, a key motivating factor uh, to, to, to getting everybody on board and to, you know, really improving and solving a lot of the world's issues is to get people to see the value in, hey, even though this thing isn't expressively helping me right here, right now in my life, I can't feel it palpably, it's helping other people, which is in turn helping me because when the entire world is better, I am also better. And, and getting people to understand that, I think, is a really important part. So that's a you bring up a great point there. Yeah, man, and I feel like that somehow that takes us, you know, kind of towards uh, the ending segments of our podcast. And maybe, you know, we we're talking about this um, idea of the individual and community and how the individual has to know themselves to a degree to relate to the communities around them. And it just makes me think about knowledge of self. Mm. Know, we have to know, without really knowing oneself, we're also not really acknowledging what role we're playing, you know, in the communities that we are, we are a part of. What roles we're playing and what, what roles may, we're maybe not also playing, you know. Hmm. What do it for you? What, is, um, what does knowledge of self, what does knowledge of self mean like to you and what is its um, significance in relationship to community? Hmm. It's a great question. And so are you asking me personally or are you? Yes, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we did touch on this in the last episode. Um, and I think knowledge of self to me is this understanding of who you are as a person. Um, and it, it sounds basic, um, but to really get a, a grip on who you are as a person and I think in order to do that, you have to understand where you fit into the grand scheme of things, where you, you as an individual person, like, where do you fit into the community? Because uh, that will allow you to really thrive um, because you are not just acting alone. You are acting, you know, in tandem with all of these other moving parts. Uh, you know, you could use like a well-oiled machine as an example or a biological one where all cells are, you know, interacting with each other to create a larger, um, you know, organism. And so I think that that is kind of the importance of uh, knowledge of self is that, you know, it's it's knowing who you are, but the community aspect allows you to know who you are in the grander context of the world. Uh, and that's something that we're missing right now. And I think that going back to that kind of artificial intelligence or just, you know, the disconnection through uh, the internet connection um, is, is really hindering us in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that to be anti-technology. I'm just saying that as, 
because I think technology is a tool and it's how you use it. And I think that in a lot of ways we are using it to disconnect ourselves further, which is, you know, pointing us in a, in a direction that is not conducive to the well-being of everybody. Uh, and so in order to get that back on track, we need to reintroduce into our knowledge of self, into knowing who we are, uh, we need to know who we are in relation to everybody else and everything else, really, the, the world, not just other people, but the world as a whole, as another life on earth, where do we fit into everything? Because that will help us give us a sense of responsibility and empowerment in, you know, being a steward to the earth, to other people, you know, being, being, a, being a benefit to the world rather than just being uh, in it for ourselves. Word, sound, power. Word, sound, power. We want to thank everyone for checking in with us. Episode 2, Lion Power Podcast, the individual and the collective. This is Dari Kiflamariam and my brother Jack Greenberg on the line, all the way from the best coast, the west coast. And we're glad that you tuned in with us. And please subscribe to our channel and be prepared for episode three, where me and Jack will be continuing our conversations on spiritual development, community, enlightenment, food justice, and change.